Yet the film was Alien, one of the most original horror movies ever made, and the throwaway dialogue perfectly set off the terrifying vacuum that expanded around the characters. By some unexplained alchemy, a film can effortlessly transform sentimental clichés into something emotionally compelling, as in Sunset Boulevard's last lines. Life, which can be strangely merciful, had taken pity on Norma Desmond. The dream she had clung to so desperately had enfolded her. No serious novelist would dare to end a book with these lines, and no middle-brow writer would have the talent to invent them. But Billy Wilder is the exception. He may have quarrelled with Raymond Chandler over double indemnity, but they were really on the same side, both lovers of the word. Wilder's films, dominated by their bittersweet dialogue and filled with theatrical characters who always seem aware of their audience, are untypical of anything in today's cinema. Alfred Hitchcock, whom puzzlingly Hamilton scarcely mentions, is a far better guide to the true relationship between screenwriter and film. Reading the script of Psycho, the ancestor of so much present-day cinema, one is struck by the off-kilter construction, Janet Lee's almost unmotivated crime, and the grotesque retribution carried out by the innocent Norman Bates. The real villain, Mother, does not appear until the last moments, when she adroitly turns into her son. Despite all this, Psycho is one of the most powerful films ever made, a psychotic little Red Riding Hood, in which Granny disguises herself as the wolf. Chandler, Fitzgerald, and Faulkner could never have written the script by Joe Stefano, and would have ruined the film had they tried. The novelistic constraints of motive and characterization would never have allowed Hitchcock to achieve those states of extremity where his imagination thrived, though few screenwriters would accept this. The most interesting films of today, Blue Velvet, The Hitcher, and the thirty-second ads for Call Girls on New York's Channel J, some of the most poignant mini-dramas ever made, filmed in a weird and glaucous blue, featuring a woman, a bed, and an invitation to lust, are a rush of pure sensation. Blue Velvet, like Psycho, follows the trajectory of the drug trip. Paranoia rules, and motiveless crimes and behavior ring true in a way that leaves a traditionally constructed movie, with its well-crafted plot, characters, and story, looking not merely old-fashioned, but untrue. As Hamilton points out, the disappointments of the 1930s and 1940s screenwriters were compounded by the Hayes office and its ludicrous moral code. However, cinema was then a public medium watched by audiences made up of complete strangers and the restrictions accorded with the conventions of ordinary social life. On those occasions when we stray into the bedroom of a strange woman, we usually find, alas, a husband with one foot on the floor in the approved Hayes manner. Now, though, cinema is becoming a private medium. We watch on video, either alone or with one or two intimates, and the imaginative demands for greater sexual freedom are all the more urgent. Needless to say, I think there should be more sex and violence on television, not less. Both are powerful catalysts of social change, at a time when change is desperately needed and both might give the screenwriter a new lease of life in liberating him from the written word. Independent on Sunday, 1990 Magical days at Rick's. Round up the usual suspects. The making of Casablanca. Algene Hametz
Nostalgia may not be all it used to be, but the films really were better in the 1940s and 1950s, and this account of the making of Casablanca clearly shows why. Hollywood today seems set on returning to the simple and unsophisticated spectacle of the Nickelodeon era, when my grandfather's generation gazed in amazement at express trains speeding over viaducts. Fortunes are now spent on the kind of computerized special effects that appeal to the Super Nintendo mindset of the present-day twelve-year-old, for whom adult relationships, political beliefs, and the bittersweet ambiguities of love and loyalty, the magical stuff of Casablanca, are as remote and boring as the Kabuki theatre. Most critics consider Citizen Kane the best film ever made, but the best-liked must be Casablanca. Yet no one involved in making the film ever imagined that it would achieve its legendary status. As Algene Harmetz records, when shooting ended in August 1940.